Okay, Bogotov. All right, so today's daf is um, today's daf is Yudal. We pick up five lines from the bottom on you give a moment's bet. Um, and we have been discussing indirectly about a question about taking truma on Yantiv, but it led to a discussion about um, uh, removing the husks from uh, from uh, pieces from uh, kernels of grain and from uh, legumes on Yantiv. Where the Gemara so far has said that it's okay um, it, with the one issue about maybe doing a large quantity, which Rashi said was an issue of uvdu dechol because it looks like you're doing it large scale and it looks like it's for after Yantiv, um, and that's what we'll, when we'll get to. Or by you using, excuse me, not just a large quantity, but using specifically a type of a vessel like a sieve or a, a, a sister that was used specifically in the context of large quantity. So now the Gemara says like this, how is it that you do this malila, that you do this uh, removing of the husks with your hand? Um, so if you take a look before we even get to the answer, let's just look at Rashi. Ketzad molel, two lines from the bottom, biyomtav anyantav, damin and le'el, molin melilot. The Havada is Shinoibai. When the Gemara said you did it, even assuming you're not, you, you know, you're not using a uh, specialized vessel, the assumption here is that you need to do it with some type of a Shinoi. Why? It's a uh, food-based malacha. You have to make it somewhat different than how it would look like during the weekday. And again, this comes to a question about, obviously, by cooking, we don't say that. But in some things, maybe particularly things which, haven't, which sometimes will be done not in the immediate context of preparing food in the kitchen, but often will be done in a prior pre-processing context, um, sometimes the rabbis, even on Yantiv, required a bit of a shinoi, and we'll be discussing that in a minute in the next mission as well when it comes to the issue of grinding. Okay? So, um, that, so how would you do it on Yantiv? I should mention parenthetically, Tosos also, Ketad Molel, Pirish Biyomtov, says Tosos. Ubishabis Asalimlo, etc., etc. Now, the riff, though, by the way, parenthetically, says that we're talking even on Shabbos. That, 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 that they would even allow you do Melila on Shabbos with a Shinoi. Most Rishonim completely reject that. You don't do, you know, it's a, it's a Malacha. How would we let you do it with a Shinoi? But you should be aware that there are some Malachas that Chazal actually let you do connected to food preparation on Shabbos with a Shinoi. Like Lisha. Like, I don't know if anybody ever tried to make oatmeal on Shabbos, which is a whole problem about, like, kneading, about mixing, you know, water with some granular thing and making it like a dough-like substance, which is what happens with, with you when you do oatmeal. And they let you do it with a certain type of machine you, you you mix them in the, in the in the opposite order you use the back of a spoon since when do they allow malachas with a shinoi so somehow bizarrely there are some food preparation malachas that they that are even allowed on Shabbos with a shinoi a very small amount so the riff thinks malila is included but we're going to assume we're talking only about yantav and it's also surprising that for yantav you need a shinoi okay so Kate said molel how do you do it one finger on one finger like you do it between two fingers like that you rub off the husk Rav Avyam Mishmeid Rav Yosef Amar Tarti One finger against two fingers It's a little easier Rav Amar Kivan Dimashani Since you're doing it in a different way Afilu Kulu Even your thumb against all of your fingers But again Presumably that's different I don't know Maybe you normally do it between the palms of your hand Maybe you would do it not with your hands at all Okay Ketan Minapeach Now you've got the husk off How do you like wave it or blow it In order to To You know not, to, to, to sort of remove the husks the chaff from the mixture. It's not no longer physically attacked. This is now a type of a bow rare. 
So, Amar Avad Barava, Amar Av, Menapech Mikishri Etzba You hold the thing, the kernel, what you've just separated, now you have the kernel and the husk in your hand, and you, you know, you hold them both at the tips of your finger, and you wave, or something, it means you blow. Okay, but while it's there, not like you don't, like, collect it all in some, you know, in, in the palms of your hand. Well, that's what you usually do? You put it in the palms? I don't know. Or you put it in a vessel, and you sift it with a vessel. They laughed on this in Eretz Yisrael. Even once you're doing it in a different way, even with your whole hand, you don't have to hold it just at the tips of your fingers. So you have it in one hand, again, presumably not in both hands, but you hold it in one hand and you wave with, or you blow with all of your strength. But again, as opposed to maybe putting it in some type of a sister. So there we're introducing the idea that there could be things that are related to Yantiv and even so require some degree of a Shinoi. And Rashi says the reason is because of a concern of Uvda Duchov. What exactly falls in that category is not clear. For now, as I said, we will assume it means things that evoke or can sometimes be done in a pre-processing, out-of-the-kitchen, large-scale production. Right. Okay, that'll be relevant as we continue on. Yes? Isn't the Nafeach the same as Zore? Um, so that's a good point. Zore is you throw it up and you win and you let yeah, the wind so blow it away. Yeah, like Nafeach is more... Different terms. For the yeah, no, but that's different. That's you throw it up and the wind does it. This is... Oof. Like so you, you why know, wouldn't they just throw it up? Well, they could, but that might be, that would be a real malacha. Right. You wouldn't allow, and again, I don't think we're talking about, you know, that's something you do with wheat. This is, uh, maybe, I mean, maybe you could, and in the, the right. Already yeah, this is what you would on that malacha. Exactly, and this is also done right. This is, you know, this is right. This is small scale with your hands. It might also not be limited to the case of the wheat, but you're right. On a large scale, you would do it by, by doing Zora, by throwing it up and having the wind blow it away. Let's take a look now at the Mishnah. Beit Shami, I mean, so it's a perfect segue, this discussion about doing, um, you know, removing the husks and a type of a dush, and as we see that it's allowed on Yontif with certain concerns of certain degrees of Shinue, perfect segue to the Mishnah that now discusses the issue about grinding spices on Yontif. If you have spices, um, you grind them with a wooden pestle. Pestle is the thing you pound with, um, as opposed to a stone one, which would be the normal one. So you do a little bit of a shinoi. The hamelach and salt, which we, we, we demand even a greater shinoi for, which we'll see why in a minute. The pach, you, you do it in a, not with a. Here the bur means in a pottery um, mortar, you, in a pottery container. Um, so that's even a bigger shinoi. Or, or you use the um, you use the back ha- uh, the back of a spoon of a wooden spoon, not even a pestle. So you do even a bigger shino with salt. Normal spices you don't need a shino at all. Again, remember it's yantiv. So why not? It's nefesh, freshly ground spices. You can use your normal stone um, mortar and pestle. Vahamelach salt does need a bit of a shinoi, but that's only one level down. Not you. You made it two levels down. So that's b'madoch shel eitz. There you would use a wo- a wooden pestle and not a stone one. Okay. So let's take a look what this is about. Why you need a shinoi and why spices are different than salt. The Chuyalmos, the Gemara says, everybody agrees, Nihas, nevertheless, Melech Baya Shinoi, that Melech does require some degree of a Shinoi. My time, or why? Meaning, right, it's Yantav, it's Melechat Ochonafesh, freshly ground spices. Why should you need any Shinoi? Ravun and Rav Chizda, so it's a debate of Ravun and Rav Chizda. Chalam are Kolak Deir's Kulun Srikin Melech, the Inkolak Deir's Srikin Tavlin. All dishes need salt. 
They don't need other spices, right? There's a reason why salt is the one type of thing. Well, we do salt and pepper. But anyway, the one spice that's always on the table, right? All right, well, we'll talk about pepper in a minute. All, all dishes need salt. And therefore, you should have known from before Yuntiv you would need salt. There's no good reason why you left it to Yuntiv to grind your salt. Okay, and therefore, uh, and there people, by the way, nowadays we all buy the, the uh, table salt. You don't appreciate why you would need to grind salt, but you know you can see the, there are these things that you get these like big salt chunk crystals, and they actually have salt grinders like they have pepper grinders. Okay, so you should have realized you needed salt, and therefore, if you did, didn't take care of it before Yontev, we're going to demand a bit of a shinoi. Now, again, that is a little strange because we, do we say that by other things? Do we say like, oh, since you knew you were going to have to cook your chicken, if you want to cook it on Yontev, you have to do it with a shinoi. So again, when they demand a shinoi, it's not always so clear. Um, but again, these are things that often are done not in the immediate context of the eating, but sometimes a little bit, you know, in, in a pre-processing stage. So that might be also a little thing pushing us to a shinoi. So since you could have taken us, you could have taken care of it before yantiv, you're going to have to do a shinoi on yantiv. Other spices, you don't know you would need them. Okay, that's one answer. The Chadam, or the other one, says, On all other spices, if you do it ahead of time, the pungency uh, abates a little bit. It's not as sharp, right? Um, right? But salt, if you do it ahead of time, there's no loss. So it won't, it won't lose its uh, sharpness, and therefore you should have done it beforehand. Okay, another reason to do it beforehand, not just you should have anticipated, but there would have been no downside of taking care of it beforehand as opposed to other things, right? In the restaurant, they come around freshly ground black pepper. So obviously there's a chiddish about it being freshly ground. It's going to be a little bit sharper, much better. Okay, but so you should have. So two explanations why you should have done it beforehand, but there are different reasons, and it makes a difference which reason you have emphasized. So the Gemara says, my benayu, what would be a case that would be a difference between the two approaches? The be a difference. The other mykadera by Elif Shule. You know what 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 dish you're planning on making on Yantem, and you know you're making a dish that I don't know you're you're going to be needing some pepper and you're going to be needing some. Uh, some garlic and who knows what else. And therefore, if the point was you should have you you knew ahead of time and you could have planned for it, then we won't let you grind those spices on yantiv because you knew ahead of time what dish you were making and you should have taken care of it before yantiv. But if it's because the pungency will be weaker, then you're you're entitled to wait and therefore you can do it on yantiv itself, even though you knew you were going to need it. That would be if you that would be a difference. Inami, here's another difference. The Morika, if you're using saffron, apparently saffron does not lose its pungency, so says Rashi. I haven't tested it. And therefore, even if you, you, saffron, even if you, um, if the issue is losing its pungency and you wanted to use saffron, well, you should have taken care of all your saffron grinding beforehand. But if the issue is you didn't know you were going to need it, so you weren't thinking before Yantav you were going to need saffron. So those, that's a difference. Okay, so it would be important to know how we paskin because based on how we paskin of these two reasons will determine which spices you need a shinoi for and which spices um, you can uh, always do the normal way. Yes? Saffron, what you would be doing is you'd be taking the plant. Wow. You don't grind saffron. Yeah, you don't grind saffron. put it in the threads. They come in little tiny threads. The threads are like, are like the... Uh, yeah, from a All right. Flower. So I have no idea then. Does, uh, does it translate Marika saffron? Because that's what Rashi yeah, said. Yeah, the... Okay. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. All right. You got me. 
Amar Rabbi Yudam Shmuel says Rabbi Yudam Neim Shmuel. Kolani Dochin. So according to this, by the way, you should realize that in the process of giving an explanation of why salt is different, it resulted in saying that there will be some other spices will also demand a shinui for when they fall into the salt category, which was not shot in the Mishnah. Shot in the Mishnah is all other spices you're off the hook. According to this, once we've explained why salt is there, and we say, well, some other cases you might have other spices that are si- similarly require a shinui. Let's see now what the Gemara says. Not only can you do normal spices the normal way, without the distinctions you said before, but even salt you can do the normal way, and you don't have to do a shinoi. So the Gemara says, Marta You said, yeah, you said, the Mishnah said, Melech needs a shinoi. Who damer ki No, he holds like the following tana. The tana we taught in the brisa. I'm a rabbi mayor. Says rabbi mayor. Lo nech lugu beis shamei beis olal. All ani dochin jeni dochin kedark on umelachim ayin. They did not debate that all spices can be done the normal way, including salt. Even beis olal, even beis shamei agrees. All spices normal and salt normal. Lo nech lugu when salt is with them. With them meaning not necessarily you're grinding them together. Who wants to mix your spices like physically in the same, uh, you know, at the same moment? But it means you're going, you're sitting yourself down and you're grinding all the spices you're going to need for the meal. And salt is one of those spices. So you have five spices you're grinding. You can do the other spices the normal way. And once you're doing them the normal way, you can do the salt the normal way. It's sort of like before. Remember when we talked about delivering gifts and the truma together with the other gifts of the calling? That but somehow you can bundle it together. The big shama, even big shama, agrees to that. Lo nechwaku. Ella, where am I? Ella, la docha If you're all you're doing is just salt, you're sitting yourself just down to just to do salt. Let's sleep. Echamai says salt by itself. You need to have a shino. You need to use a uh, a, uh, a, a, a pottery vessel and the back of a spoon, or, me, or maybe means or the back of a spoon, um, and only a little bit, only the amount of salt you would use for roasting, not like a lot of salt that you would use when you're salting it so much to get out the blood because you're planning on cooking the meat. Of a low lactera, not the amount of salt you would make for salting meat for a pot. So you so, need it for your meat? Yeah, I guess you'd have to do a little at a time. So that's an extra chumrah than the Mishnah, but that's only by salt. That's the only thing they're demanding. You can do it with anything. Literally with anything, meaning what you can use like something muksa to grind. So it's is a funny weird place to go. You can grind your salt for any purpose, to any any degree, for any purpose, and again without any restrictions. So therefore, what the Shmuel is saying is according to this Brita, Beitil and Beitramai are just debating salt, and according to Beitil, even salt doesn't require any shinoi. So this can be an interesting question. Which way do we poskin? That even salt doesn't require a shinoi? Or like the earlier approach where some of the other spices, if you knew you were going to need them or they wouldn't lose their pungency, might require a shinoi. So let's see where the Gemara goes. Amai Ravacha Barzala, Barzala Libre. Ravacha Barzala said to his son, When you grind, and we're going to see in a minute, it means when you grind salt on Yantiv, Lean the vessel. Do a bit of a shinoi. You know, don't, you don't have to use a different vessel. You don't have to use wood instead of stone. But just don't do it directly like perpendicular. Lean it a little bit at an angle so it's not completely the normal way. The doch. And then, and then grind. Ravsheshis shama kobuchna. Ravsheshis on Yantav heard the sound of like the uh, grinding of a mortar and pestle. Amar, I love me gavai de beitaihu. Oh, that sound, that's definitely not coming from my house. I know in my house I set down the rule, no grinding on Yantav. So the Gemara says, how do you know that that's a problem? But Maybe it is coming from his house, but they're doing it at an angle since you said that was okay. 
So no, the shamei to have kale. They heard that it was a very pure sound, like it was the type of sound that makes by hitting down perpendicular, not at an angle. So, but maybe it was, you know, other spices which you're allowed to uh, grind. You know, why are you so sure that they're not... The only problem would have been salt. How do you know it was salt? Maybe it was other spices. No. Um, Tavlin, when you make the... When you grind it, it makes more, literally, a bark sound. Like, I don't know. Somehow, as opposed to a crushing sound, a, a more popping sound. And therefore, he knew it was salt. He could tell by the sound that it was salt, and it was salt being done the normal way. And he knew in his house they would never grind salt the normal way. So look where the Gemara has come to. Right? The Gemara basically is following the thrust of Shmuel. Normal spices, no problem. Like we don't make, we're not making any distinctions like we made before, which is consistent with the Mishnah. And even salt, at the most what we're saying is, it needs to be done at an angle. But other than that, even salt can be done with the normal types of a vessel. Okay, now, how do we paskin before we move on? So if you take a look at Tosvos, right, this is a very important question. Can you go ahead and grind fresh pepper on Yantos? Okay, so let's take a look at Tosvos. So it says, so, you're dealing with the two different approaches, whether you could have anticipated it, or is it a type of spice that loses its pungency? And now, what's the halacha? He says, You should forbid both cases, either if you could have anticipated, or it's a type of spice that doesn't lose its pungency. The only thing you'd be able to, do, to, to grind is you couldn't have anticipated it, and it doesn't lose its pungency. Okay, why? Even though you're lenient by rabbinic, so we should be go the lenient approach. He says, how can you be lenient here? Because there's no one lenient opinion. Each side has leniencies and stringencies. So since there's no way, and if you're lenient both ways, then you're just rejecting the, the two opinions. So there's no way to be lenient here, so we have to be machmir both ways. Now, that's a little funny, but I should say, because it's getting to the air of Pesach, that there's, a, that there's a great example of this by Pesach, where the Gemara has a suffix, do you lean, talking about leaning, and the lenient, but I didn't mean that, but we're talking about leaning, leaning and, and pounding, you lean during the first two kosas or the last two kosas. So the Gemara says, well, since we don't know, you have to lean for all four. So the Rod says, whatever happened to the principle of suffix Rabban and Lakula? He says, no, but if you say suffix Rabban and Lakula, you won't lean for any. So, so therefore, you've got to leave for all four. So they're like, you can't say subject Lakula here because then you'll reject all the distinctions. So we have to be Machmir for both. That's his first approach, which does it with, I don't know. So then he says, but then he goes on, and then he starts pulling back. He says, First of all, garlic you can because those, maybe even if you could have anticipated it, those really lose its pungency, and that would certainly be allowed. Okay, and then he has another reading. And then he says like this, Piska, lines up with Piska, low nothing one media. He says, really, we should, this whole Gemara is not relevant. These distinctions, could you have anticipated? Would it lose its pungency? The and we go like Shmuel. The that everything is normal, and maybe the only thing is Barmi most maybe salt, which means a little bit of a Shinoi. Okay? So and if you keep on going, says the Riv Pasman that way, Rev Yehuda Pasman that way, Rev Yehuda Haigon, skipping down a few lines, that's what the word, V'chein Yesh Minhag, Halach Lemaseh, this is the practice. In practice, we grind spices on Yantav without a shinoi. Maybe at most salt we do differently. Okay? When we call Markov, so it's great. Now I can have my freshly ground pepper. No. 
even though all spices are fine, except maybe sauce, you can't use peppers in their grinder. That looks like but in a normal mortar and pestle, it's fine. Now, why is that uvda duchol? And well, let me just finish it, and then I'll go back to it. Okay, he says like this, um, and then he says, even if you say you can't do pepper, but if you don't know, blah blah blah. Okay, fine. Um, um, he says like this, three lines on the bottom. I just want to read you. It's a nice poetic end- ending. He says like this. He says. The Kaimalan, the Cholin Dokhan, the Dokhan Kedarkan, if you say you could do all spices normal way, then you could do it even if you knew what type of thing you'd be cooking, you knew to anticipate it. If we say, like Shmuel, it doesn't matter, it's always allowed. So even if you knew, even if it won't lose its pungency, according to Shmuel, no problem, you can always do it the normal way. Uh, it says, But if you want to be Machmir and do it all ahead of time, Erev Yontev, to be blessed by God is the ineffable name. Anyway, all right, very interesting, you know, poetic ending there. But the halachah said you really can grind spices on yantiv that you want to use for, you know, that they should be you want to use for the dishes that you're making on yantiv. What's the possible issue of uvda dechol? Now. This idea that using a pepper grinder is uvda dechol. There's also, for example, another. Uh, uh, it looks like uvda dechol, right? Another example uh, that comes up in a case by Shabbos about grating cheese with a cheese grater, which is brought down by one of the baliyatos, so it says uvda dechol. Now, how do you define what uvda dechol means? So there are some contemporary post him and you will find this pretty much throughout the Shemir Shabbos Kilchasa that translates Uvda the Chol as he doesn't say this literally but this is effectively how he translates it as um, as like modern labor saving devices so any type of a like you know of a modern kitchen appliance all of a sudden becomes uvda dechol. I don't know if he even goes so far to apply it to like a peeler, but pretty much like any types of those modern labor saving, which is crazy. Why is doing the less work on Shabbos and not exerting the same amount of effort like uvda dechol? Maybe it just evokes a world of I don't know modernity and technology. But Rav Moshe completely rejects this, and Rav Moshe says the reason these are identified as uvda dechol are that they are the type of vessels like. Rashi said before by using the sister and uh, by using the sister these are types of vessels that are often used in a large scale context and in a context that's done not in the immediate preparation of food in the kitchen but the large scale preparation that's done before it gets to your kitchen those type of vessels that evoke that type of a you know of a preparing of the food that's uvda dechol but basically kitchen based home-based, small-scale, labor-saving devices are not uvda dechol. And what? Because your one area home is a lot smaller than when you get in a restaurant. Right, exactly. So, I mean, depending on... So, you see, Tozo says, if you use a mortar and pestle, you ask me, pounding peppercorns with a mortar and pestle is a lot more effort than one of those hand grinders. But so it would be interesting to know what type of grinder he's referring to. But it is not that all convenient labor-saving devices are uvda dechol. If anything, you might say the opposite. So, the reality is, is that you have a small home grinder um, you should totally be able to grind fresh pepper um, on yontif and to grind fresh spices on, on yontif it's what's the one possible difference of a salt with a required sheet is the concept of similar to the category of a clay miyuchadlachach a clay miyuchadlachach 
Um, for like what context you're talking about? Like, oh, you mean like for borer? No, that's no, that's more about in order to define something not as borer, you have to make it derachachilo, which means you can't use a specialized kli. But that's different. That's when you're starting with a that's that's to get it out of a malacha category. Here it's okay because it's 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 uh, it's ochel nefesh and it's yantav. So it's, it's so I mean it's similar concerns about how a kli redefines something, but it's it's coming from a different perspective. I'm also always concerned with this machazet. In other words, how much can a you didn't build much on the mach- in other words yeah that's true there's a difference between it's not it really the malach we all know it's not but it's machad that's true there's a difference between it genuinely being uvda l'chol and looking like uvda l'chol you know it's true I don't exactly if I knew exactly what uvda l'chol is maybe I could tell you exactly the we line between the line. them but I do think that point about you know that Rav Moshe makes again it is true I'll tell you Shek Shemesh Shabbos will tell you there's a lot of things you can't do you know because he just once it uses an appliance he'll call it Uvde Dechol which Rav Moshe says is like completely wrong since when is labor saving device Uvde Dechol yes yes sir, we've been talking out here about spices and um, a year ago we were talking about meat uh, and grinding meat yeah because it's the same logic that we just conclude with here also apply to meat um, grinding meat doesn't even enter into a malacha category, really. What do you mean, like making a ha- like making hamburger meat? Take, taking a steak and turning it into meat. Grinding it, yeah. So a, that would just, that, that wouldn't even be a malacha issue, but that would be an uv to the whole issue. But that would be a good example. Like, I'd la- how many houses have one of those meat grinders, right? Everybody you, okay, well, not my house. So again, I guess it's a bed, you know. But that would be an interesting example. Okay, this. I've never heard anybody grinding your own. This just decided to start working, so I'm just going to start recording now. Okay. Yeah. Wait, Michael raised his hand. Yes. So, so basically, the thing I just want to understand. So, regular spices, how are they usually done? So, we're putting it in your mortar pestle, not over the chol. No, because apparently, over the chol does not mean just the normal way you do it. I mean, you know, why isn't cooking over the chol? That's how you normally cook. You put stuff on the fire. Over the chol means specifically, according to Rev Moshe, evoking, you know, the more I would say like um, industrial or industri- yeah, I don't know if industrial is the word but yes according Tosos doesn't say it's a question how do you interpret Tosos right he says somehow this particular type of a grinder is Uvdudukho what makes it Uvdudukho no, no, no. but presumably it's the more the way what but using your pestle correct right and the way Ron Moshe explains is your mortar and pestle is the way you prepare spices in the home whereas these other these other types of things are the way that you would do it you know pre-house the way it would be processed out there in the fields or in the industry you know in the process of getting it to the store Okay, let's now continue. Yudalid, uh, we pick up with Tanur Abanan, about ten lines from the bottom. Uh, can I just ask you a phrase? Yeah, yeah. What's, what's um, the Ashley Oh, uh, uh, like in, uh, like, uh, like, uh, um, like um, on big, uh, yeah, like on big trees, like you're suspending yourself on it. Right. Meaning you have a strong support. It's an idiom. Okay, Tanur Abanan. Okay, about ten lines from the bottom, Yudalid. Tanur Abanan, in osin tisni. On Yontiv, you cannot make tisni, which is some type of a of a like of a, of a uh, grain-based di- dish. Um, okay, um, uh, how does it does it say anything there about what tisni is? Grits made from wheat kernels that are split into quarters. Okay, so anyway, it's a it's a grain-based dish. 
that requires a lot of effort, a lot of tircha in doing it. So again, even though malach, even though you can do ochal nefesh on yantiv, they wanted to limit the amount of tircha. So you cannot make, well, tochein isn't the problem because it's yantiv. Okay, but you can't make it because of the effort. But one minute, now we're going to get to the next line. The ain kochin b'machteshet. But you also can't grind the wheat in a grinder. Right now, that sounds like categorically you can't because of a tochein concern. But you know, why should that be different than grinding spices, which is normally tochein? I don't know if we mentioned that, but the normal malach of grinding spices is tochein grinding. Okay, but we allow it on yantiv. So here is it that you know here we're dealing with wheat. So what's the story? You just can't make this you, this dish that requires a lot of effort, or you can't grind at all. So that's what the Gemara asks. Tarty? How can you say both? Make up your mind. Either it's the problem with the dish, or it's the problem with the grinding wheat. That somehow that's a bigger problem. So the Gemara says fine. Here's what we mean. Why can you not make this tisni? Because it's not really about the tisni, because fundamentally you can't grind with this machteshet. Okay, maybe that's also some type of uvdudukhal. Maybe those are more done things that are not sort of like home-based and so on in large scale. So now we're going to see one minute. Let's see the Gemara continues. Um, so, Just tell me, don't use a grinder. Why do you have to give me the example of this dish? If you had said that, I would have said, That's only a large grinder. Again, because the large more is this as we've been talking about. Um, small, like little home-based one. Maybe it would be okay. So it says both. It says don't do it, and then it sends it in, so it's a little bit redundant to underscore that you cannot use any type of a wheat grinder, um, even a small one. Okay, which is again a little bit funny, and therefore the Gemara says, that is going to pull back on that. Because again, why mention particularly one particular type of a dish? So it says, Atanya, but we talked in the Bryce that ain't coaching the Machteshes Gidola. You can't use a big grinder. Ava coaching Machteshes Kitana, you can use a small wheat grinder. Um, so if you take a look, by the way, at Rashi, why is that different? So Rashi says five lines on the bottom, Ava coaching the Kitana. A small one is normally used for spices, so it's doing it with a shinoi. Again, not exactly clear why you need a shinoi, but again, presumably, a big one is this uvda dechol concern again. So, Kamash Milan, so says, ah, fine, you're right, we, retur- we retract our previous position. When we said, don't make, dis- don't make, what was it, tisni, because you don't grind with a grinder, we make, don't make tisni at all even if you're using a small grinder, because that's tircha, that's a lot of effort. And don't use a big grinder, but a small wheat grinder for other things, that would be okay. Just one minute. Rava Amar, Rava says, Lokash, it's not difficult. Halan v'halahu. It's the difference between us and Eretz Yisrael. Now, what's the difference between us and Eretz Yisrael? As we're going to see, in Eretz Yisrael, they had, they had slaves, or servants, or slaves, and therefore, although it's funny, the Gemara often mentions slaves of the house of the Rej Kalusa, um, who are often uh, very uh, not scrupulous about halacha, but here we're sort of saying that the larger problem in Eretz Yisrael society. And therefore, for them, they, when we said you can't use even a small one, that was our interpretation earlier, that would be for B'nai Eretz Yisrael, that if they use a small, we let you use a small one, they'll claim they use the big one. But here in Bavel, where we're not afraid of that type of uh, impropriety or lack of scrupulousness, 
we allow people to use a small one. And now we're going to have a story that supports this. Rapapi ikla lebe mar shmuel. So Rapapi came to the house of mar shmuel. Icy lay daisa. They brought him some oatmeal, anyante, freshly ground oatmeal. He refused to eat it. Maybe they used a small grinder, which we said was okay, um, and it's even and certainly it's okay in Bavel. So no, 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 no. He saw that it was very, very thin. It was done to the quality that you would only do in a big grinder. Okay, Maybe it was prepared yesterday. They saw that it was like a very bright, you know, uh, the uh, the flakes were very bright, fresh, very freshly ground oatmeal. He could tell. So therefore, uh, okay. So therefore, he saw that it was done in a big grinder, and he refused to do it because you can't use a big grinder. The and if you want, you could say Shani Beimar Shmuel the Avdi. The house of Shmuel is different because the servants there or the slaves there um, are uh, not scrupulous, and therefore it's like Eretz Israel. And therefore, he felt that in that Shmuel's house they shouldn't be using even a small grinder because, again, of the concern about whether people are going to be scrupulous or not. Say that you've used a big one and claim they've used a small one. But the basic halacha is you're allowed to use a small one, not a big one. And again, what's the concern with the big one? Presumably, again, this issue of uvda the chal. Yes. My question is, I think you remember, maybe, unless I'm getting confused. Do we think Elisha and Yes. Is before so, so that is an excellent question. Um, and the principle of Elisha um, what, what Michael is saying is he's reminding us of a Tosos according to Yerushalmi that said that the only malachas that you can do on Yantav it's not everything you can't go out and start uh, harvesting you know your wheat and uh, cutting down your weeds are only things that are from the type of adding the water onward um, and these things the grinding and the sifting and the, and the, and the um, threshing that we've been discussing are things that precede Lisha so that's an excellent question and you could try to claim well maybe that's why we're introducing these ideas of Shinoi but it doesn't work because because we said, for example, spices can be kedarko, right? So although the mola melilos we said with a shinoi, but spices were kedarko. So it's an excellent question, and it forces most to say, like, obviously that that principle is not absolute, um, and there's a lot of discussion about that, but I will tell you again, and this conceptually it works very nicely. Why should we say only from Lisha onwards? Why is the moment of needing different than the threshing and the, you know, the harvesting and the grinding and the winnowing and all of that. Well, the basic logic of the difference is that all that other stuff happens before you get it to the house. Exactly. Whereas Lisha are the home-based malachas. So, so the same with grinding. There's the grinding of turning wheat into, into, um, in, in, into, uh, into wow. flour, which is not done in the house. There's the grinding of spices, and there's the grinding of taking wheat kernels and making, you know, oatmeal, you know, which is done in the house. So it could be rather than a categorical distinction of malachas 1 through 12 no and like 13 through 39 yes or whatever it is you know the difference is again whether home based or or not home based and that seems to be a very good way of categorizing the differences and that also explains the concerns of uvda d'chol uvda d'chol is it's true you are grinding the spices in the home but if you're, you're the, but if you're using a vessel that evokes the type of grinding that is outside of the home, that's the pro- and the problematic one, that's the type of vessel you can't be using. So it's an excellent question. The easiest way of understanding it is it's not particularly categorical malachos, it's mostly like the locus of the malacha. Yes? So there have been times in history when most wheat was ground in homes, 
Although obviously it wasn't here. Really? I mean, then they have these big water mills and whatever that they ground the wheat in? Yes, but not everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can, so you can actually buy home wheat grinders. And a lot yes. of people actually like to do that because they think they get fresher. Uh, so so the, my question is, is this a categorical uh, pro, uh, distinction? Or might it change depending well, what on what we're seeing right well what we're seeing right now is if you use a small machteshet you can do it now Rashi says a small machteshet is made for spices right uh-huh. what it's not so clear from the Gemara the Gemara could be talking about a home based uh, small wheat grinder that, yeah. a grinder that's made for wheat but it's made for the small scale grinding that you do at home okay but it's a good question here's a picture there you go excellent okay all right so let's continue but I think you get the conceptual categories let's look now at the next mishnah. Habor Kitniya. So we're doing, we're going through the malachas here. We've done Disha, which is like, like, like the threshing, essentially, the removing of the husks. We've done Tochem, the grinding. And now we're going to do Borer. All of these are classic malachas, as Michael pointed out, that normally are in the field with the grain, but also have, take place in the home at different, on different contexts. And the same is with Borer. What's the story with Borer on Yantav? Let's take a look at the Mishnah. You are separating out your uh, legumes. Again, we had this before. You remove the husks, and then you have to separate. After you've separated the thing from the husks, they're mixed together, and then you have to, you know, s- separate them out. So, you separate out the food, and you eat it. Meaning, you do it like on Shabbos. You do ochel mitok psolet. You focus on the food, and then you eat it immediately. So, that's considered derech achila. Right? So that's basically how you're allowed to do the, that type of thing on Shabbos. So for Beit Shammai, it's not clear whether Yantav is any different than Shabbos. You focus on the food and you eat it. But Beit Hill, I mean, Beit Hill says, Borer Kitarka. No. You could do like you would normally do Borer, which maybe means you remove the psoas. <coughs> not the food. Um, and the Cheiko, you do it either on, in like your, you know, your chest, meaning like in your lap. The kanon of the you can use even a vessel or a funnel. Of a low betabla, of a low benaf, of a low bekeva. You cannot use, and this you might remember, we had the same thing before when we were talking about getting the uh, wheat removed from the husks. You cannot use like a big sifter or a colander or whatever, a vessel made part specifically for borer, for sifting. Um, but basically he says, other than using a vessel made specifically for sifting, you can do borer the normal way you would do it. So again, and maybe the whole problem of this vessel is like we've been saying before. Maybe it's this, over the whole concern. Fundamentally, Boer is okay. Just don't use a very professionalized vessel for it, which makes it much more uvdu de chol, rather than focused on the immediate home use. says you can even wash them off and then scoop it from the top. Like, you know, you put it in water and the chaff falls to the bottom and the other stuff on the top and you scoop it off from the top. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Tanya, When is it that you, um, um, that uh, Beitillo says that you remove the psolet when there's more food than psolet. So removing the psolet is the, you're removing the minority. Of a psolet merubala ochel, if there's more psolet than there is ochel, the food is the minority and the waste is the majority, then you remove the ochel. So you focus on what is lesser rather than what's larger presumably because of the issue of as we're going to see not a definition of borer which again is not seen as a problem but as the Gemara is going to say a question of kircha you want to do it in a way that minimizes the effort so you always remove no Shabbat is totally different we'll get to Shabbat in this this is Yanta where fundamentally it's mutter but you have to do it in a way which focuses on the minority thing because that minimizes the kircha and we'll see if the Gemara will make it clear in a minute I'll get back to you in a second so the Gemara says like this 
Um, so the Gemara says, Psolus Merubala Ochel, one minute, if there is more chaff, you know, more waste than there is food, Mikaman Deshari, how could, who would allow it? Why not? So what Rashi says is, is that if this thing is majority chaff, it's Muktza. Right, there's a little food buried in it, but it's mostly chaff, and the, then basically you don't, con- you know, then this whole thing as a totality is looked at as not food. It's moksha, who can move it? No, lo tzricha, you need it for the following case. It's true. There's a minority of, of it in quantity. So fundamentally it's food. It's not waste. It's not chaff. The amount of, 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 of psolus is the minority. But if you were to focus on the psolus to remove it, it would be more effort to remove the psolus, right, based on how they, they're connected. It's usually easier to remove one rather than the other. So based on the particular way they're mixed and connected, it's more effort to remove the psolus than the ocha. And in that case, you remove the ochel. So the basic point is, according to Beit Hillel, you always do it the way which minimizes the tircha. The key in the Gemara is that phrase at the end, which means again that the principle is there is not a borer concerned. It's yotiv. The concern is just do it in a way that minimizes the tircha and don't use a professional vessel. And those are the two concerns that we continue to have by yotiv, even when you're doing malach of the food preparation. Number one, like we talked before about this. Uh, this, uh, you know, crushed wheat dish. You shouldn't have too much kircha. That's an issue. We don't want you to have too much, go to be a lot of effort on Yantav. And number two, the professional vessel because of the uvda dechol. Those are the concerns. But again, look at this. You really can, on Yantav, you're there, you're chopping your uh, whatever, you know, your red peppers and you got the seeds and whatever. If it's Yantav, you basically don't have to worry about borer. If again, it's that house-based type of a preparation. All you have to do is do it in a way that minimizes um, the, that minimizes the effort. Now, as far as Shabbos is concerned, it has nothing to do right. with minimizing the effort. Right. It's about defining it as, as derech achila. So what defines it as derech achila is you take the food and you put the food into your mouth. And it's, so it's always about doing the ocha mitoch right. Oh, okay, fine. I didn't hear. Yes. By five, it's always about the ocha. Yes. <laughs> You yep. can have more pasolas than you have ocho. It's a one-to-one correspondence. It's like, uh, right? Every, every grain, every piece of body I have like a hot scotch. Yeah, I, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah, we actually, we actually just ate edamame that was cooked in the pods this past Shabbat and right at the table we squeezed out the beans to eat and we had a lot of... That would be a good example. Kidney has to be a good example where there's much bigger pods than there are to eat. Yeah. I will remind you that Rashi, on on Yedetam Abed that we learned on Shabbos where it says don't use a sister. I'll just read you the Rashi there. It's three lines from the bottom you don't have to turn to it. On Yedetam Abed. Rashi says... The mercy commands are always with sarch machar. She ain't their classes became halalu ella harbe. So again, that is the other concern. He sort of uvdid the chol by using certain types of vessels that are done large scale, not for immediate use. And that's the Uvda Zuchol. Those are the two dominant concerns, even by Malachas, that are allowed because they're food-based. Rabbi Gamliel Omer asked me, Rabbi Gamliel says you can submerge it in water and then scoop off the stuff on the top. Tanya, we turn the bright. I'm Rabbi Yehudah, Rabbi Tzadok. Kachai min hagan shabet Rabbi Gamliel. This was the practice in the house of Rabbi Gamliel. Shayu mevim glim alei adashim. They would have a bucket filled with uh, lentils. Umitzatim alav mayim. And they'd have the water, you know... Uh, uh, put the, put water on it. The water would be on top of the vest of, of the of the lentils. And the uh, the shaft would would rise to the above, and the uh, and the food would be on the bottom. 
Somebody says, Atanya Ipcha, one minute. The Bryce says the opposite, that the food would be on the top and the chaff would go to the bottom. Lokasha, Haba Afra, Haba The difference is, are we talking about dirt, um, the, or, which is uh, heavier, and that would uh, fall to the bottom, and uh, that would stay at the bottom, or are we talking about, like, the type of uh, uh, chaff, which would actually, which is light, and that would float to the top. Okay. Next Mishnah. So now we've covered a lot of malachas. We've covered uh, dosh. We've covered right. We've covered uh, we've covered totochen, and we've covered borer. And the common denominator is just do it in a way that doesn't have a lot of kircha, and do it in a way that does not use certain vessels which evoke uvda dechoba. Not all vessels. Not right. You can use your mortar and pestle. You can use you know labor saving devices, just not ones that evoke that whole large scale uvda dechoba. Next Mishnah. Now we get back to Durabanans. You can only send, if you're sending somebody a gift on Yantiv, you can only send them a manot, like, you know, Mishloach manot, right? Mishachin manot, something that is basically ready to be eaten, not something that requires preparation, even preparation that could be done on Yantiv. Um, and Beitil says, um, okay. Why? Because of you as a. Yeah, um, I don't know. It just seems like you don't want to, uh, you know, have to send something that might not. If somebody, even though technically somebody could cook it on Yantiv, you send somebody a raw fish. They weren't planning on cooking it. You know, maybe it's a mukta issue. It's a tircha issue. Yeah, I mean, not really mukta, but you know. Can you close? Okay, clothes would be probably included in that. Things that could be readily worn, readily used are okay, but not things that could not be, even if you could cook it on Yantiv. You can even send livestock, because you could always shecht it. Whether alive or shechted. You could send oil, wine, and, uh, and flour, even though you'd have to turn the flour into dough. It's all things that in theory you could use, even though it requires effort. The kidneys or legumes of a low tvu'ah. You can't send, like, unground grain. Okay, that presumably, although we did talk before about a certain type of, uh, you know, home grinding that could be done, presumably that would be, uh, you know, under all normal circumstances, not usable. Rabbi Shimon Matir, Rabbi Shimon allows even that. Okay? Um, and Rashi says, because as we learned, there are things you could do. You could use a small grinder. Okay. Tanit la Rav Yechiyahu. Bishura. So, not Besura, Bishura. Even though we allow you to send uh, these types of gifts, you can't do it like Yaakov sent to Esau. Gilmar doesn't say that, but to me that's what it's evoking. Which is a whole line of people bringing gifts. You know, that makes it very, you know, weekday-like. You know, having all these people come and delivering gift after gift and so on. Also, I think that some of this, you have to understand the context, the Roman context of um, patronage and of, you know, uh, of, of, deliver, of, of, of the giving of gifts and the receiving of gifts. Like the Gemara in Kiddushin talks about sometimes, you know, you can mikadish a woman by agreeing to receive a gift from her. Because, you know, in that certain society of patronage, if you agree to receive a gift that's very sort of symbolically meaningful, means that you're taking, you know, you, you know, you're being the patron of this person anyway. So it could be that that also evokes certain types of, you know, more business and commercial types of a of context as well. Anyway, Rashi says it's just making a big production out of things, which is not appropriate on Yanto. Uh, yeah, yes, right. That's what Rashi says. Correct. Rashi says that if you have all these people bringing gifts. It looks like you're. It looks like you're. You're going to sell the stuff. Okay. Tana ain't sure. Chusam shlosha bnei adam. 
Ashura would a minimum three people. Two people would not be considered a, a row of people bringing gifts. Let's say you're standing with three people, but each person you're standing to bring a different gift. You know, some have the Izimatayim, and some have the Rechelim, and some have the Tiashim. So is that considered like a row? Because each one is bringing something different. Maybe if you look at each one individually. My, the Teku, that we don't know. All right. Shimon Rav Shimon allows you to even send grain. Tanya, Rav Shimon Ludiot. Uh, wheat to make from it ludio, which Rashi says is a wheat-based dish. So Oren retain lishnei behemto barley to give to your animal and adashim and lentils. Also, man receiving which is a lentil-based dish. Okay, fine. Anyway, these are things that Beit Shammai, even Beit Tilo might not allow, just because it would be very unusual. The normal use for this thing would be done would not be would not would not be would not be in a way you could do it on Yantav. Yes. And so the whole thing that was, uh, you know, can, can we uh, explain a moment. And normally on Shabbos you're not supposed to you're not supposed to do a Kenyan on Shabbos, yeah. but you can do you can give a gift on Shabbos that can be used on Shabbos because it's allowed with Sarah Shabbos, so that's okay. If you're going to give something something on Shabbos that you think they won't use and you won't use immediately and you want to be firm, what you do is you mock it to a third party uh, before Shabbos before you deliver it, or you give it to them on Shabbos and say, I'm not being mock to you yet. You can be you can take official possession of this after Shabbos, but generally. Like yeah, but generally the point is that if you can be used on Shabbos, it's fine. So let's take a look. Let's take a look at the next Mishnah. Mishnah yeah. Mishalchim Talim. Now that we talked about food, let's talk about more like a non-consumable. You can send vessels, meaning clothing, beins for him, beins This is according to Beit Tilel, who has a broader allowance. Whether the whether the, the clothes are sewn or not sewn. So what are you going to do with not sewn clothes? Okay, we'll see. The Alpha Bishesh Ben Kilayim, even if there's shotness in it, that's like wild. What are you supposed to do with shotness? But all these things is if they can be used for yantim. Now, if you look at the side, there's a different gear of the Mishnah. Even though it's not for yantim, since, in, since even if in principle, meaning even if practically it's for it to use afterwards, since hypothetically it could be used now, that's sort of the different gear sows, therefore it's allowed. But we're going to have to figure out is how could it hypothetically be used now. Okay? <laughs> but, but according to the other gears of the Mishnah, it means even if your intention was to be used after Yantav, since it's hypothetical possibility, that suffices. Of a low sandal hamisumar, not a nailed sandal, which the rabbis forbade mm-hmm. people to wear on Shabbos and Yantav because of a certain story, which we'll find out about. Um, the low min al tafur, or a non-sewn shoe, which has no use at all, no even hypothetical use, until you sort of sew up the leather and so on. Rabbi Yudomer, af lo min al lavan, even a white shoe, meaning before the leather has been blackened, because you need a craftsman to blacken it, and again, there would be no theoretical use for this, even though it's sewn, nobody goes out wearing white shoes, and there's no theoretical use for this. Anything that hypothetically you could benefit on Yontov, you can send, even if, as we said before, that's not your primary intention. So let's just read a little bit about how could you theoretically benefit from these things. Bishleim I understand sewn up clothes, you can wear them. Sha'in's form, if they're not sewn up, nami you could use it as a blanket. You could use it to cover yourself with, even if you can't wear it yet. Elakilayim, but shotness, lemai chazi, what can you use shotness for? Maybe you can use it to sort of put under you as a mat so you don't wear shotness, but you can sit on it 
Tanya, but we taught in the Brisa. Lo yalelecha. It's a begad kilayim shatnei. Lo yalelecha. A shatnei's garment you should not place upon you. Biblically, you can have it as a mat underneath you. You're not wearing it. It's just a cushion. That's biblically. But the sages said, You can't do it. Maybe a strand will go on your flesh and it will be It won't just be under you. Okay, so you can't use it for a mat. Oh, what I'll do is I'll have it as a mat below the pillow. So it's not possible that a string will go on me because it'll be a mat, there'll be kilayim, a pillow, and then my tush. So maybe that should be allowed. But I'm a Reb Shum ben Pazi, I'm a Reb Yoshua ben Levi, I'm a Reb Yossi ben Shoal, I'm a Rebbe, Mishum Kila Kedisha Jerusalem. Fascinating. Rebbe in the name of the holy community of Jerusalem. Afilu Eser Matzos, Zua Gavzu, the Kilayim Takhem, even ten mats stacked up. It's like the princess and the pea. And the Kilayim is on the very bottom. They did not let you, the rabbis, once they said you can't use it as a mat, it did not matter what the circumstances were. So we are going to pick up with this tomorrow and find out what possible use you could have for shotness on Yantav if not only can you not wear it, but you cannot even use it as a mat.